KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, December 28th. The sanitation worker strike continues. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Authorities have confirmed this morning that a small airplane that crashed last night in a neighborhood near El Cajon was carrying four people and no survivors from the plane have been found. At least one home has been damaged. The crash was reported just after 7 o'clock last night near the 1200 block of Pepper Drive and North Mollison Avenue. The area is a few miles east of Gillespie Field Airport where the plane was scheduled to land. The crash also took down an un known amount of power lines. San Diego Gas and Electric reported that 350 customers in the El Cajon area were without power. The Federal Aviation Administration and the National Transportation Safety Board will be handling the investigation. Coronavirus cases have been increasing since the Christmas holiday, and some say it's the beginning of another surge. Scripps CEO Chris Van Gorder says modeling shows hospitalizations peaking in January, and he says their system will be stretched. Every hospital has staffing shortages right now. There's a huge amount of burnout, uh, fatigue, uh, that you know, our, our people have been fighting COVID every day for the last two years. He says the majority of the hospitalizations and deaths that they're seeing are in the unvaccinated. Meanwhile, San Diego County officials reported more than 2,600 COVID-19 cases on Sunday, more than 1,200 cases on Saturday, and more than 1,600 for last Friday. The number of people hospitalized with COVID-19 increased from 355 to 404 on Sunday, according to the county. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Chula Vista and the neighborhood of Claremont are overflowing with trash. KPBS reporter Alexandra Ronhell says that's because sanitation workers were still on strike on Monday. In bright yellow jackets, with picket signs in hand, Republic Services workers in Chula Vista continued day 12 of their strike, demanding Republic Services to bargain in good faith with Teamsters Local 542. That union represents more than 200 Republic Services workers across the county that are asking for a fair contract. To me, it was very disrespectful. It was kind of a slap on the face. Donnie Castillo has been a driver with the company for five years. He says Republic Services and the union sat at the table on Christmas Eve, but the Christmas miracle they were hoping for didn't come through. Yeah, it's just not, it's not moving anywhere, but hey, we're going to be here until we... Um, have a fair contract on the table that we believe is fair for us. Since workers went on strike on December 17th, residents and business owners who rely on trash pickup have been out of luck. 
Some neighborhoods are starting to see their garbage pile up. The trash is overflowing. Ricardo Ochoa says the overflowing trash at his apartment complex is unsanitary. But despite his frustration, he and his son held picket signs and marched in solidarity with the sanitation workers. They're uh, putting their job on the line uh, at a time when they should be home with families, that they're out here. The driver Castillo says Republic Services brought some outside help while contract negotiations continue. Right now they are bringing in other other workers from other parts of the country, other states. In a statement to customers, Republic Services apologized for the inconvenience and gave residents the option to take their trash to the landfill. And that was reporting from KPBS's Alexandra Ron Hell. In a statement, Republic Services says they're ready to go back to the bargaining table immediately and that they pay drivers a fair wage that's in line with the local market. San Diego Unified School District officials are not taking a break in their effort to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 Omicron variant. As students continue to enjoy another week of winter break, KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez tells us COVID-19 testing and education continue. San Diego Unified has partnered with the San Diego Latino Health Coalition and Alliance San Diego for door-to-door outreach to stop the spread of COVID-19. Community workers continue canvassing Logan Heights and targeting other predominantly Hispanic neighborhoods where vaccination and COVID testing rates are low. It's a campaign to deliver truth and facts about the latest virus variants. The district is also offering free testing at its headquarters in University Heights this week for staff staff and students. Virginia Mesa is a grateful parent. When they get sick, they can't go to school. Who has to stay with them? Mom. And if we have to work, we have to ask for days off, stay with our kids. Students were also given at-home COVID test kits to use before returning to school January 3rd. The kits are not mandatory, but with the Omicron outbreak growing, they are strongly recommended. And that was reporting from KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez. The Naval Hospital in San Diego is helping a civilian hospital in New Mexico that's overwhelmed by COVID-19 patients. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says it comes as more deadlines approach for troops to become vaccinated. Starting in early December, the Navy Medicine Readiness and Training Command in San Diego sent a team of 20 to a hospital in New Mexico. President Biden announced another 1,000 service members would be called up to help overburden civilian hospitals around the country. This comes as the military continues to respond to COVID-19 within its ranks. A Marine spokesman said that as of this week, 169 Marines have been kicked out of the Corps for refusing the vaccine. Neither the Marines nor the Navy have granted religious exemptions. The Marines have already formally rejected most of the 3,100 who applied. The deadline has already passed for all active duty troops to be vaccinated. The next deadline will be at the end of the year for the Navy and Marine Reserves and the Air National Guard. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. Attorneys suing over water or sewer rate increases will be racing the clock starting in the new year. Cap Radio's Mike Haggerty talked to one of the attorneys who helped the California state legislature draft a new law limiting the amount of time for lawsuits. 
Almost 100 public agencies supported the bill, setting a 120-day limit on how long attorneys have to sue after a rate increase. Claire Collins is a water attorney with the firm Hanson Bridget and helped write the bill. Current law creates an incentive for what we call bounty hunter lawsuits. And these are where lawyers bring cases against water and sewer agencies in the hopes of recovering big attorney's fees. These lawyers do not challenge the rates before they're adopted when the agencies could actually make a change, but instead they bring these lawsuits after the rates go into effect. Collins says it curtails abuses that give little relief to ratepayers and big fees to law firms who would wait years to let damages build before suing. Sometimes up to a decade later. And these lawsuits, if they're successful, result in mere pennies uh, to the ratepayers, but the lawyers get millions. So the big insult of all that, too, is that the ratepayers ultimately have to pay those attorney's fees. The 120-day limit on filing a suit will be spelled out to customers in notices of rate hikes. Those by law have to be sent to ratepayers at least 45 days before a rate increase takes effect. And that was Cap Radio's Mike Haggerty. Coming up, some recent data from the U.S. Department of Commerce's Bureau of Economic Analysis found that personal income in San Diego rose at a record rate in 2020. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Not too long ago, the U.S. Department of Commerce's Bureau of Economic Analysis found that personal income in San Diego rose at a record rate in 2020. It marked it the biggest annual increase for the San Diego metro area since the Bureau began keeping track more than 10 years ago. But what caused that increase and who really benefited from it? Philip Molner is a business reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune who's been covering the story. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. Let's start out with the statistics. How much did San Diegans' personal income increase in 2020, and how does that compare with the rest of California and the country? Okay, so San Diego County residents saw their real personal income grow 6.4% in 2020. So that's up from 1.1% in 2019. And just as a side, I I wrote this same story about a year ago. And the way I was writing it was, yeah, personal income went up in 2019, but it's probably not going to happen in 2020 because of all this crazy stuff. So this was pretty remarkable that we saw such a huge increase. And so if you think about that, that 6.4% that we saw in San Diego County, that beat the national increase of 5.3%. And it was one of the biggest in the country. So it, w- it was something to really be noteworthy about our region and, you know, our state. And the biggest personal income came from an unlikely place. Oh my God. Yeah. So when I looked at all the metro areas, all 380 or so of them, the one that popped up at the very top was El Centro in Imperial Valley, you know? So that was kind of funny to me. And it kind of shows this personal income growth. It was sort of across the board. You had two things going on. The first thing was places that had 
sort of high paying jobs like San Diego, where it had a lot of people that were, could work from home, but there was a lot of people in poor areas with less job growth, all that kind of stuff that were really benefiting from these enhanced unemployment programs, stimulus checks, and they started at such a low level that their personal income really grew in 2020. And El Centro is a perfect example. How much did that increase overall per capita income in San Diego? Okay, so what that looks like is about $66,266 for the average San Diegan. And that's up from $60,800 the year before. And the thing I love about looking at personal income is it's sort of like a catch-all way of looking at how much Americans earn in a year. So it adjusts for inflation, but it includes wages, interest, dividends, stuff from stocks, government benefits. So it does take a while to get this data. It's it's a year behind. Sometimes the story isn't that exciting because you're looking in the past, but it takes a while to calculate all these things, especially from taxes and all that kind of stuff to figure out where people's at. But it really gives us a good idea of what was actually going on in 2020, despite a lot of the horror stories like you mentioned before. Did the income boost do anything to affect the nation's poverty level? Yes, actually. So the poverty level is tracked by the U.S. Census, and it was actually the lowest it had been in 2020 since records started in 2009. So if you kind of look at a percentage basis, including government assistance, the poverty rate was considered 9.1% in 2020. That was down from 11.8% in 2019. So it did have this across the board impact, and a lot of that is tied to these stimulus checks. Right. Besides stimulus checks, what other reasons were there for the income boost? Okay. So one thing that happened during the pandemic that continued all the way until September, there was a few stops here and there, but there was extra enhanced unemployment benefits per week, which for most of the pandemic was around $600 extra a week. So that was a big deal on top of how much you might've been earning for unemployment during this time. We know a lot of people lost their jobs. In April, 2020, our unemployment was actually 15.9% in San Diego County. So there was a lot of people out of work. So one of the cool things about, you know, looking at all of this stuff with the poverty level is, yeah, a lot of people lost money, but they really, really benefited from that federal unemployment and a couple of stimulus checks they got. But the statistics also find actual losers in this income boom. And I I believe they tended to be small business owners. Just about the worst thing you could be is a small business owner during this time. In general, a lot of restaurants had to shut down and all that kind of stuff in regards to a lot of the closures that were you know, done to slow the spread of COVID-19. There was a good reason for it. You didn't want a lot of people going into restaurants and kind of closing those type of businesses. So if you were a small business owner, yeah, you probably didn't benefit as much as other Americans. So as you pointed out, these government statistics are for the year 2020. What challenges did we face this year and perhaps next year that may slow down this income boom? Well, the biggest thing in 2021, the numbers I'm sure will show, is these personal income numbers are adjusted for inflation. So we saw inflation go quite high this year throughout the United States. So I'm assuming whatever the personal income gains that were gathered during 2021 will be muted compared to this year when you factor in inflation. However, there's a few things to keep in mind that affected 2020 that continued on in 2021. One of the biggest ones was enhanced unemployment lasted to about September 
one of the other things was student loan interest payments were paused. So that gave a lot of people time to build up their savings or maybe get ahead on those payments that weren't gathering interest. And we still got a stimulus check one time in 2021 under the Biden administration. So a lot of these things that pumped money into the economy in 2020 continued in 2021. And that was Philip Molnar, a business reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune. He was speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.